Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I woke up this morning and my head was so sore. What did I do the night before? Got to my feet, I stumbled out the door. But where the hell's my horse? Last thing I knew, we was playing cards. Having a whiskey and swapping yarns. I feel them flush, so I bet the farm. Now where the hell's my horse? Oh, where the hell's my horse, where the hell's my horse, if I don't find him I could be divorced, where the hell's my horse. Guess I had a change in luck I bet but lost my Chevy truck my Friends don't leave, friends are put of course So where the hell's my horse? Oh, where the hell's my horse? Where the hell's my horse? If I don't find them, I could be divorced now Where the hell's my horse? Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. <laughs> uh, good morning, Gary. That's such a great song, isn't it? <laughs> it is a great song. It is a great song. So I don't know whether it's worse to lose your horse or to ride naked from Mexico to Canada. But uh, that little inside uh, joke right there. But anyway, so how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing I'm doing just grand. Looking forward to our guest today. I think we're going to have a really great time as as always, but you know, um these are two special people in our lives. Our first guest Del Shields and in our second hour a great friend of mine, Katie Ryan. And so, you know, we're just got our coffee and we're ready to go. 
That's right. That's right. I think this is the first time you've ever suggested a guest for Saddle Up America. So <laughs> that's kind of special, too. So I got up this morning. I got up this morning. Uh, about a month or so ago, I got a new cell phone. And I have one of the new iPhone XRs. And uh, instead of putting in your passcode or using your thumb to unlock the phone, it uses Face ID. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But this morning I got up so early that when I tried to unlock my phone, I got a message that said, we do not recognize that old man. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a cup of coffee and washed my face and tried it again. So it was all right. But uh, this this technology is something, isn't it? It is. It It is is something. I don't it like any fun. of that password stuff. I can't. I can't remember it. You know, I gotta write them down in a little book. I know we're not supposed to do that, but you know, I <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> any of those codes. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have too many passwords today. But anyway, this is going to be a super super fun show. Our good friend Mr. Dale Shields is going to be joining us, and right now let's listen to one of his great songs from his CD Wanted. This is called El Cerrito, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Mr. Dale Shields.
burrito in the valley Spanish tunes within your ring My Loren is dancing in your street I hear her sweet voice sing Soon we'll gather in the chapel Dusty streets I ride El Torito I've come back today Your adobe walls I see And I hold the girl that holds my heart Here forever we will be El Torito, El Torito Legacy Radio and the award-winning Campfire Cafe. We just heard El Cerrito, written and performed by today's guest, Del Shields, from his CD, Wanted. Our guest, Del Shields, is a man of many talents. He is the featured entertainer and co-host on the weekly top trail riding show on RFD-TV, Best of America by Horseback. He captures the essence of the American West, through his original poetry and songs, as well as his renditions of favorite cowboy classics. Everywhere he travels, he shares his love of Western heritage. Just close your eyes and listen. His words and melodies paint pictures of the landscape and the ranching life he knows so well. A motto Dell has developed for his shows is, Come as you are, prepare to go home a little bit Western. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, the son of the prairie wind, and the cowboy with the velvet voice, returning guest, and our friend, Del Shields. Welcome back, Del. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show again. <laughs> Happy birthday, cowboy. Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. <laughs> How does it feel to turn 39 again? Yeah, well, you know, it gets kind of tiresome. Over and over. <laughs> uh, gosh. So what, what kind of special thing does Siobhan have planned for you today? Uh, Siobhan is upstairs baking me a cake today. And um, later on today, we're going to my oldest daughters, and they are smoking me um, a pork butt on the smoker for, uh, for a birthday dinner. So I'm excited to see them and my granddaughters and – uh, we're going to do it up big. Uh, that's great. Well, oh, Siobhan is fun. a fantastic cook, as uh, some of your fans may know, but she's a great cook. But I don't know how I'd feel about having them smoke your butt on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the first time. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, you, this is a great CD. Uh, it, it's uh, it's been out for a couple of years now. I think it's about time for us to have a new CD from Del Shields. Uh, hint, hint. I would like that very much if I had time. <laughs> well, are are you working on some things, or do you have some things that maybe would be ready for a CD when the time comes? 
I think I have written enough uh, material that I, I could probably make that happen. So it's not out of the question or out of the picture, but um, I just haven't got it put together yet. All right. Well, we look forward to a new CD from Dale Shields in the future. One of the things that I know about you, Dale, though, is that you have done um, several, several shows uh, that are Marty Robbins tributes. So how has Marty influenced your music? Well, I don't know. I've always, uh, uh, I've always been a, a fan of Marty's and uh, of course I don't ever try to sound like him when I sing. I just, I do the shows as a tribute to his great writing abilities and the great songs that, that he uh covered you know in in several different genres of music and uh but they're so they are so fulfilling to sing as well and uh, so some of the stuff that i've written i have uh you know tried to at least uh, learn from him and uh put those things to use well there's a great song on the cd wanted uh called the ghost of el paso So let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more with Dale in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. My ranch work was done, so I headed into town Just to find a drink and conversation From down the street I heard the music and the laughter The sign above Red Rose's cantina My heart came alive as I first stepped inside My eyes met with a girl they called Felina Her eyes cast me in a trance She asked me for a dance I somehow felt I'd met my destiny In El Paso In El Paso From out of the back Stepped a man dressed in black His eyes told me that I would have to fight As silence screamed around me Felina's spell had bound me One of us would have to die this night Two hearts for one girl is enough to make a stand A cowboy needs a girl to call his own Tonight in this cantina one cowboy has to die The sad part is he has to die alone In El Paso For my gun But his hand flashed like light It seemed as though The seconds turned to hours I saw his pistol flash Felt his bullets rip my flesh Six times I heard his big iron roar As bullets spun me around I could hear Felina cry My fainting ears Just failed me more and more And with my dying breath, I whispered out her name. Then died there on that cold hard sawdust floor in El Paso. 
So Junie Fisher wrote a song called mm-hmm. Red Velvet Slipper. And yeah. um, I don't know, this this <laughs> idea just came to me, uh, and I, I carried it for a couple of years thinking, you know, uh, about the perspective of the uh, the other cowboy that was involved in that gunfight that really didn't tell, get to tell his story. So I thought I would uh, take that and try to tell his story from his side, and, and uh, it worked out. It worked out. It mm-hmm. did work out. It did work. That mm-hmm. is a great song. Great song. But um, you do a few covers as well. And uh, a great, great song that you've done is Somewhere in the Rubies. And uh, and our good friend Stephanie Lane sings along with you on that one. So how did you decide to pick out Somewhere in the Rubies for this CD? Well, I... Uh... I had heard Ian Tyson's uh, version of it, and later on, uh, Curly Musgrave and Melinda Gale did a cover of it, and it was just one of those songs that um, was attached to me immediately. I I just loved um, the sound of it and wanted to try to cover it and, and try to do justice with it because uh, there are certain songs that um, – if I feel the song, um, I want to do it. If I don't feel the song, it's not important to me. And that's just one of the songs that really uh, uh, kind of took me in. So I, I still play this song at my shows, and, and I enjoy it so much. Well, it's it was a great, great having song. Stephanie double with me on that, sure. Yeah, how did you decide to invite Stephanie Lane on the CD? We had done some uh, some work together, and... Um, I, uh, at the time we were, um, in, in close communication on some of the other works. And so I knew that, uh, I just wanted her voice on this album to, to add to it, the quality that I knew she could bring. And, uh, she really knocked it out of the park for me. Well, she did a great job on that. And, uh, not only does she do a great job singing with you, 
but she kind of improves the look of the act when she performs with you on the song. <laughs> I I have to agree. I have to agree. She is a good girl. She's a good girl. But let's take a listen somewhere in the rubies. It's Dale Shields and Stephanie Lane, and it is on the CD that you'll be sure to want to add to your collection, Wanted. Dell Shields with 
Stephanie Lane, wonderful version, all his style with um, in somewhere in the rubies tonight. Um, Del, I know besides your love for Western music, you also have a passion for cowboy poetry. I do, Bobby. I I write <laughs> um, I write a brand new poem every Monday morning that I send in to some of our local newspapers and. Um, I just came from the newspaper office a little bit ago over in Yates Center, Kansas, and they uh, they were showing me um, the write-up in the paper for the week and how they had posted it, and uh, it's just a fun thing to do. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that on your Facebook page, I've seen some pictures of you also involved uh, judging. Is that at the National uh, Cowboy Poetry Rodeo? It is. Um, I think this is the fourth or fifth year I've judged the National Cowboy Poetry Rodeo uh, in Abilene, Kansas, that Jeff and Don Dawson um, have adopted uh, from the Canad, Utah event. And um, so it's been a it's been a great thing to be able to experience everyone else's poetry and have to really, uh, uh, you know, be able to break it down and and um, look at the, the works of other people. Mhm. It looks like a really fun event. Um is there one is see now is there one coming up? There is. Uh the first weekend of August every year oh, is yeah. that event and so it's going to be in about uh 2 weeks, 2 weekends. Yeah, yeah. And will you be participating again as a judge? Will you will you be competing? I am not competing. I will be judging and then on Saturday night uh they have a uh we have a stage show and uh for the public to come to buy tickets and come to and the winners of that event will participate and share their poetry but then Jeff and Don Dawson, Gary Pratt and myself will be the main acts for that Saturday night show. Oh, fun, fun. So um when when you go to judge cowboy poetry i i can't even imagine what are there when you listen to a piece are there kind of categories of thought you have to have as you as you listen to the recitation there are um of course style and content uh meter and rhyme and of course there can be open verse um and um you know you have to be able to um understand if they are following the pattern that needs to be followed for uh cowboy poetry um mm-hmm. we've had some folks enter that that had great poetry great style but they were not uh they were not cowboy poet poems mm-hmm. and so we mm-hmm. can judge them highly in those categories it was not cowboy poetry and uh, that's kind of tough when they do such a good job <laughs> yeah yeah it must be do you have uh, any? Um, do you have any? Do you have any insight you could share with somebody who's maybe writing poetry? You know, they haven't they haven't put it out there yet. Got any good tips? As far as getting it out. Well, or just about their or, uh, writing about the writing process for poetry. Okay. Sure. Sure. You know, I, life is the best teacher, and writing about things that you know about um i think are are the uh, best helps and then being able to put some flair to it 
you know, uh, nothing runs a good story like too much truth. So if you can, <laughs> if you can uh, put in a little bit of uh, something that's going to flavor it up a little bit, that never hurts. And so, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, just write about the things you know about and, and uh, work it over, write it, write it till it's finished. I like that. I like what you just said. I'm trying to write that down. I want to remember nothing, nothing ruins. What did you say? Nothing ruins a good story like too much truth. That's right. That's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's a little gem right there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, well, cowboys have never been known to exaggerate anything, I don't think. So. Uh, never. Well, and for oh, all of us expressives out there that, you know, have to tell every every piece to a story, my poor husband, it, it, I know he listens and it goes in one ear. And they kind of, you know, stampede throughout the other. I <laughs> uh, guess. Yeah. Well, I was I was just looking uh, at Facebook, and Bobby does a great job of posting the music and and the uh, uh, information for each guest that were playing the music. I just noticed that Ryan Fritz up in Canada said thank you. I just found the horse, by the way. And so, <laughs> thanks for Ryan. Thanks to Ryan for listening up in Canada. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, you know, now if we can just figure out about the guy that rode naked from uh, Mexico to Canada. I, I've heard about that guy. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's get to another song. Let's get to another song. And this is a great song that was written by David Wilkie. It's one called Wind and the Wire. And this is Dale Shields, our special guest today on the Campfire Cafe. I've been riding fence all day, high up on the summer rain. Found a place to lay my bed While the evening shadows spread From beyond the campfire light Through the stillness of the night Where the call of the coyote choir Meets the song of the wind in the wire While he strums his rusted strings Sings of long forgotten things Of many moons and many suns the true Americans When the arrow and the bow Stop the plains of the buffalo And the call of the coyote choir Meets the song of the wind in the wire 
the ghostly balladeers Hypnotize me, I can hear Bugle calls and battle cries Broken promises and lies For the spirit of the plains He sings his sad refrain Where the call of the coyote choir Meets the song of the wind in the wire from his great CD, Wanted. And Dale, it would behoove me to ask you about RFD TV's Best of America by Horseback. So how did you get started with them, and how many years now have you been co-hosting? Gary, I've been with the show for 14 years since its inception. And um, honestly, I was... uh, I was shoeing horses um, pretty much full-time back then and also doing some music on the side and kind of just getting started uh, back there. And uh, some friends asked me to come and do a a, a house concert for them. They had some friends coming from Virginia, and so I did that. The friends that were there from Virginia uh, never really heard true cowboy music, and they were absolutely enthralled with it. And uh, he told me that there was a fella by the name of Tom C. that was putting together a television show and uh, was doing auditions in um, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, and was getting ready to do one in Dallas, Texas. And this gentleman had been uh, uh, team pinning at Tom's house every Friday night. Thought I should get in touch with him. So I did. And we had a phone conversation. I ended up going to Dallas for... uh, the audition, and the uh, rest is kind of history. Well, it's it's been a great run. 14 years is a long time to do anything. And uh, for folks that may be listening around the world that are not familiar with Best of America by Horseback, why don't you, why don't you just tell them a little bit about what it is? Best of America by Horseback is a television show that tries to help folks see the amenities of certain locations where we go, the beauties that are available for uh, people to take their horses and ride or or go to places and ride that offer horseback riding. Um, It also has turned out to be a program that has allowed people to travel through us um, by get, being able to, to um, there's I don't know, Gary, there's almost something magical, it seems like. People have 
grown an attachment to the program, and they travel with us every week on the television show to places that they themselves cannot go. And mm-hmm. we have uh, met more wonderful people that uh, whose lives may have had, uh, you know, tragedy or loss, and and uh, the show has been an attachment for them, something to uh, that's wholesome and and good and and offers hope. And uh, it's it's been more than just a trail riding show. Um, it's it's been a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, you travel all across America, riding at some fantastic places. And as you said, people get to experience those things by riding along each week on the television show, Best of America by Horseback. And uh, in addition to that, you've done some pretty interesting rides as well. So I know I'm not going to ask you about riding naked from Mexico to Canada, <laughs> but <laughs> that was one ride. And then you just finished another one that was on the Chisholm Trail. So why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about some of these rides that you do uh, as well? Yeah, I I have been blessed to be able to ride uh, all over this country and and uh, it doesn't matter where you go. Everybody asks you, where's your most favorite place? Where's the most beautiful place? Anytime I'm on horseback, if, if you'll open your eyes and look at what God's made and what you're able to uh, to see, you can enjoy it in some way or another. Um, we did ride from Mexico to Canada uh, in 2009. We just had our 10-year reunion in Wichita, Kansas a few weeks ago with, with many of those folks. Some have passed already. Um and I did ride my horse naked from Mexico to Canada. Uh, but uh, that's his name, by the way, Old Naked. And uh, he's a great horse and has been really good. We we just finished a ride on the Chisholm Trail here in Kansas from Caldwell, Kansas, up to Wichita over about a week period and uh, experienced some of the history of that trail and some of those communities that the trail went through. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great experience, great experience. Well, it is a great experience, and the people become bonded and become great friends. And you have developed what I call the Dale Shields Army because you've got folks that will follow you everywhere. I know that for a couple of our <laughs> rendezvous that you performed at, we just had a big bunch of folks that have ridden with you all across the country from Best of America by Horseback that showed up to ride with us at rendezvous. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It is. It is. That is cool. All right. Well, I want to get to another song because we're starting to run out of time. I'm watching the clock and, and we've got a couple of two or three more songs. I want to get in. This is one called walking in the shadows and it is from the CD wanted. Our guest today is Dale shield.
circuit man I travel far and wide To preach the word Of a kingdom fair and bright Help many a cowboy Change his path from wrong to right Till the devil's horse Called up to me one night Now a branded man Is all you're ever gonna see For the devil stole the heart And soul right out of me I walk in darkness The light I long to see I'm walking in the shadows Of the man I used to be dress in black Hide the Bible by my side The folks who knew me Hang their head and sigh I cry and cry My shame I cannot hide I just can't run No matter how far I ride Now a branded man all you're ever gonna see For the devil sold the heart And soul right out of me I walk in darkness The light I long to see I'm walking in the shadows Of the man I used to be Walking in the shadows of the man I used to be. Del Shields, Walking in the Shadows from his great CD, Wanted. Del, that's a really powerful song. Um, and I know that you, you often speak of your faith. Was that a, how did that song come to you? Oh, Bobby, I, you know, I think there's a lot of brokenness in the world and, um, I don't know, sometimes songs just kind of appear, but, um, I, I, uh, I think there's a lot of folks who actually are where that song is, you know, living in the mm-hmm. shadows of, of who they should be because of brokenness. And I need to write another verse of that song and, and, you know, uh, talk about the hope that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, that that song was just kind of uh, in a period of my life where things were a little difficult, and um, maybe I was struggling, and so um, that's probably that's probably it. Mm-hmm. When when uh, when an inspiration comes to you, I always love to learn a little bit about about process and how the creative spirit moves someone. And uh, do ideas just come at you willy nilly or do you sit and really, you know, go like, okay, this is okay. I got to sit down and write something or just how does, <laughs> how, how does, uh, how do, how do you and the muse, you know, get together? 
<laughs> right. That's a good question. That's a on Monday mornings, um, yes, I sit down and, and think I have to write a poem this morning. And so uh, that's pretty much the, the uh, method for the poetry. Um, the songs, no, I just, something will trigger something and um, I'll get a thought for a song and then kind of develop it. I I don't know. Um, just recently I wrote a song, or I'm, I'm writing a song called She's 29 Again. And... Um, a dear friend of ours, uh, his wife, had a birthday. She is um, uh, 70 years old. And, of course, you know, with, with ladies, uh, sometimes they'll say, well, they're 29 again. And um, that thought hit me. So I'm, I'm developing a song um, about different stages of her life where uh, she says she was 29 again. And uh, in her memory, thinking back, she's 29 again. And so... Um, things like that happen and just kind of trigger thoughts, and I I kind of take them from there. Mhm, mhm. Oh, that that will speak to a lot of us. That song you got <laughs> you've got a hit on your hands right now. <laughs> when you uh, as you begin to have the thoughts, do you uh, kind of talk into your phone? Do you do you scribble in a little you know notepad that you keep in your vest pocket? How do you capture? So you don't forget, you know, how do you capture the thoughts? Some of the thoughts just stay with me. And um, most of the songs that I write, Bobby, are done in 20 to 30 minutes. Um, there are some that I, I kind of lay aside. And this this song that I was just talking about, she's 29 again. Um, I just haven't sat down yet. And uh, if I sit down with what I have in my mind about the song, I'll have it written in in 20 minutes. Um, but wow. I just haven't done that yet. So I, you know, I just take what I have there and kind of try to put it together, get it on paper, and then it's it's uh, workable from there. So yeah, wow. 20 minutes, 20 to 30. That's amazing, Dell. <laughs> I got to believe it's all bubbling around up there, you know, for hours and days. And then you just sit down and it just, it just flows. It's just done. Uh, well, I, I work well under pressure. So um, that, that helps. Uh, that's yeah. funny. That is funny. All right. Well, let's get to another song. And this is one from the CD as well. The Faded Poster is the name of this, and we'll be back and talk more with Dale Shields in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. He saw the faded poster on the door at the co-op store. There's gonna be a shindig with sawdust on the floor. It's been quite a spell since he found his way to town. Couldn't find time to socialize since they laid his dally down. He knew she wouldn't want him, sat her lonely all his life. All he'd ever wanted was dally for his wife. He thought she'd always be there. They would never part Kept that poster on his mind Though he wrestled with his heart And he'd say How much love can there be In one old cowboy's heart Can he 
never learn to love again or make a brand new start? Can he be free from a love that's gone no more to be? Is he saddled by her memory like a colt once ran free? He got his boots polished up, bought a new felt hat, even cleared the seat in his old feed truck where once Dally sat. A lot of sleepless nights, thinking about this dance, worried if his heart was ready, should he even take the chance? As he sat alone in the old Grange Hall, thinking, what a big mistake A sweet voice from behind him said It's good to see you, Jake As he turned around and their eyes met Gone was the mystery She led him to that sawdust floor And the rest is history He'd say, how much love can there be In one old cowboy's heart can he ever learn to love again or make a brand new start? Can he be freed from a love that's gone no more to be? Is he saddled by a memory like a colt once ran free? He'd say, how much love can there be in one old cowboy's heart? Can he ever learn to love again or make a brand new start? Can he be freed from a love that's gone no more to be? Is he saddled by a memory like a cold once ran free? Faded poster from the door at the co op store. The faded poster that is from the CD Wanted, written in only 20 minutes. <laughs> 21, 21 on that uh, one. Yeah. 20, 21 minutes on that one. All right, very cool. Well, you uh, are performing where next? Um, well, I'll be at the Abilene uh, event with the uh, National Cowboy Poets Rodeo. But then um, the following week, Eli Barcy and I are starting a tour together um, up in South Dakota at the Casey Tibbs Rodeo Museum. And we'll be working our way southward. Um, and uh, we have some uh, shows that are in the works, Texoma, Oklahoma, Holden, Missouri, um, um, we got to think here. We're going to be at the following Saturday night, the Prairie Roast Chuck Wagon Dinner in, uh, just outside of Wichita, Kansas. And then cool. we're doing a ranch concert at, uh, at our place here at the High Trail Ranch. And, uh, that's by invitation only, uh, for that concert. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a, a little mini tour. And so, uh, well, September that'll, that'll is be a cool. lot of fun. Yeah, that'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Eli and John are such cool people. And uh, how'd you get uh, how'd you get hooked up with them? 
Actually, um, through the Missouri Cowboy Poets um, group, we were, we were both members or all members um, in that. And years ago, <clears throat> we were at a. I was at a uh, one of the meetings, and we always had a an open mic session and a meal together, and so on and so forth. And and uh, I met this lady in line and was talking to her, going through the food line and. And uh, we'd struck up a conversation, and before long, I I realized that I was in uh, the presence of royalty. She's uh, <laughs> she was well, Eli is a, a highly awarded uh, musician, and what a talented uh, couple they are, Eli and John. And we hit it off, and have been friends ever since, and and done some things together. So um, they recorded my first CD actually uh, in their studio. Really? And wow. uh, so a little bit Western is a product of, of Eli and John. And uh, so it's been a great influence. Well, that's great. That is great. Well, everybody will want to check your website and uh, follow the tour schedule there. So <clears throat> why don't you tell us how people can get your music and how they can follow your tour? Gary, I'm actually presently without a website, so they'll have to look at uh, my Facebook page. I'm happy okay. to give out my uh, email, which is singingpoet underscore one at hotmail.com. They can reach me through the email or uh, the ordering number for CDs is 620-433-1819. And um, I'm working on a new website, so hopefully that will be up and going here before too long. All right, very cool. Well, for the folks that can't remember phone numbers, if you'll just visit his uh, Facebook page, you'll be able to contact Dale mm -hmm. there as well. So That's anyway, right. you are so yeah. much fun to have on the show and visit with. And uh, thanks so much for being with us today. Gary, I have enjoyed our association over the past several years and uh, just really appreciate what you do for all of us uh, who are out here trying to get our music out and and uh, get our faces known and you've you've done a wonderful job with that so thanks for that and for the friendship well appreciate you and we're going to close this segment of the show out with another great song from the cd you definitely want to order wanted but this is one called a wanted man and our guest today has been dale shields dale thanks again thank you thanks bobby Put a 
one of those hearts that don't beat to a drummer. It just gallops along because I'm a Behind 
Horse Wisdom Productions Company and her first acclaimed film, The Last Coyote, the Don Edwards documentary. Based in Southern California's Santa Clarita Valley, Katie is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a gala certified mental health practitioner and equine specialist. She has found a way to incorporate horses into her practice, working with veterans at Blue Star Ranch. Blue Star Ranch's founder, executive director Nancy Pitchford, has a passion for horses and the veterans in her community. Together, Nancy, Katie, and Blue Star Ranch's volunteers and horses help veterans overcome known barriers to engaging and staying in treatment. They help families in post-deployment transition build resilience. Please welcome to Saddle Up America a very special lady and a gal I am honored to call my friend, Katie Ryan. Welcome, Katie. Oh, Bobby, wow, I have to live up to all that. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Katie. No problem. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I I was pretty impressed with that introduction, Bobby. Really? (laughs) Yeah. This is a a special lady, and we're so delighted you were able to reschedule and be with us today, Katie. No problem, and I and I moved a horse this morning right beforehand, so uh, I can certainly relate to this program. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about how you got involved with uh, equine therapy for servicemen and women and their families. Certainly, um, actually, when I was in grad. I heard somebody talking about equine therapy and my ears perked right up because I thought, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is amazing. Um, And so I made a point of going to an EGALA training, which is Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. They have 4,000 members and they train mental health practitioners and equine people to do psychotherapy uh, with military, with families, with individuals. And um, so I went ahead and I got the training. And then I discovered that they do it with military. And what my experience was in my practice was that military really don't want to come in the office Rarely do they want to come in the office and sit down and talk about their feelings, which you can't blame them. So, um, therefore, if they can be outside in nature and possibly move around a 1,000-pound animal, it could be effective. So I thought, this might really work. And I was raised with horses. And my father was a World War II veteran. So I knew that there was something to it. So then I got involved with Nancy, um, and we started seeing, um, I think we started in 2014. Okay. And, which is, it's an, it, anyway, it's a, it's a nonprofit, all volunteer, and we offer the services for free to veterans, and they come out to the ranch, and then I can tell you more about that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, tell us, tell us more about that. Okay. So 
basically the first time they come, we just do a meet and greet with the horses. So they get to go around and meet each horse. And uh, right now we have a Mustang and we have an Appaloosa and we have a mini donkey. And um, they get to decide who they resonate with or who they are most like or maybe who they don't like. (laughs) And then they decide who they want to work with. And we try to use the same horse for all 10 sessions. And we bring them into the arena, and we basically just have them build their world with props. And it's all experiential. It's all done on the ground. They're not riding them, so you don't have to have any horse experience. Okay. And they come, in, and they come into the arena, and when you say build your world, they kind of look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's kind of like being an adult in a sandbox, and that's what I tell them. It's like you're in a giant sandbox, you have toys, and you just happen to have horses as well, and build a representation of your world, because then we have an idea of what they might want to work on, even though the first session before they even come in for the first session, we have done a scaling of anxiety and PTSD and that sort of thing. So we do know that they're dealing with that. But we want to give them something specific to work on in the arena. So they build their world, and then we just ask them to bring the horses into it. And using whatever tools they can use. And we don't have an agenda. It's not as if it's talk therapies. Um, in fact, all we do is ask them questions and guide them, but it's really the meaning that they put on it. So, for instance, if a horse won't move with them, um, we ask them, so why do you think that is? <laughs> or, you know, what's happening with the horse? We don't put any meaning onto it. They put all okay. the meaning. Um, and it's 10 weeks, so each week is built on the last one. And there are, you know, there, there might be a peak moment that happens. Um, horses are prey animals, as you guys all know. Right. So what that means is that in the wild, a horse um, – might be concerned because there's a mountain lion or there's something approaching. And so they get up and they move. Well, that's what makes them highly sensitive in the arena. And so they pick up uh, what's going on with people. So if you, if you're standoffish or you are mean or you are angry or whatever it is, the horse will give you feedback immediately. (laughs) And so, then they, then the veteran will put meaning on it. And um, what I can do is I can give you a little example um, of a yeah, session that happened if you want. Okay. Yeah, please do. So, um, the, and this is actually in the Horse Wisdom Alchemy book as well, but we had a veteran come in who was, dealing with some grief and loss because he'd had two friends die in Afghanistan. So he wanted to um, 
address that. So we actually used about, I think, five horses in the arena. And if you're familiar with Kubler-Ross's Stages of Grief, we just had the different stages written on pieces of paper. And we had him go around and label each horse with a stage of grief. Okay. And um, so he put one, he put denial, like on a large paint horse. And then he placed depression on an older white horse. And he basically told us that denial and depression are around him all of the time. And then he tried to put acceptance on another horse, and the horse took off. Ah. Um, yes. And so then so he was put, having trouble with that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Acceptance yeah. apparently wasn't ready for it. Um, and then he put friend on a little white horse, which he, of course, told us that that was his friend that represented who had been killed in the line of duty. And he put um, Wounded Warrior on the mini, which he said represented him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so actually, later on in the session, depression and denial, the horses that had been labeled that, and you can't make this stuff up, okay? Okay. <laughs> they... They walked over to the gate, and they opened the gate with their mouth. At least one of them did. And they left. Wow. Left. Yes. And so the metaphor obviously um, came up. And, but, but we asked him, well, what is that all about? And he said, denial and depression have left the building. And so the only thing that was left in the arena was his friend and acceptance. And, I mean, that that was a pretty big session all in one session. It doesn't usually happen like that. But it just happened to. And so that's just kind of the the genius of horses. We we can't really explain it unless somebody's in the arena with them. That is wow. that is pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing that that these horses are so sensitive to the feelings of the person that they're working with. It, it just absolutely amazing. Yeah, and and a lot of these veterans have tried many different therapies, and by the time they come, you know, they've kind of given up and said, you know, I just I can't deal with another therapy. So what is this? You know, they're a little skeptical, which I don't blame them, because it's hard to mm-hmm. explain unless you experience it. So, um, you know, we have, of course, many graduates now who've given testimonials, and they just said coming into this environment calmed them down because it grounds you. And that's the other thing that we do at the beginning of a session is we will do a grounding exercise, kind of like a mindfulness thing, which is, you know, what everybody's doing these days. But with right. a horse, it just comes natural. Um, and people that would come in who were, who were maybe highly anxious at the beginning, and they don't know what to expect, by the last session, they are so calm 
And um, so, so anyway, the, the point is that they don't want to leave <laughs> after 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> And so then a lot of times they become volunteers. Yeah, I started to uh-huh. ask sure, if, that if you let them stay or if you let them become volunteers and continue on with the work. And the and I'm sure that's therapeutic as well for them. Absolutely, because now they know, um, you know, what it deals with and um, that it's not it's not therapy for horses. A lot of times people think, you're giving therapy to horses? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although maybe some of them need it. Oh, gosh. Uh, Katie, I I listened to a really great interview on your local station there in Santa Clarita on KHTS where you and and Nancy were interviewed. And I also read a couple of articles. And one of your – he may have been your first graduate, Manny, or second graduate. He had some really interesting things to say that I I think is okay to mention because it's out there in in print – um, one of his comments was, I guess he had had some other therapies, like you just mentioned, he'd been through some other um, opportunities for therapy. And he said this therapy did more for him in 10 weeks than I think he said a year and a half worth of, I guess, talking type therapies. Yeah. When you said the veteran, you know, coming to the offices, that's what he's talking about, therapy in the office versus this type of hands-on therapy groundwork in the arena. Um or corral. I, I thought that was really illuminating. Um, another comment Absolutely. I think you made is that was very, um, I, I was really almost stunned, was that many of these veterans really uh, miss being in service and actually think about redeploying because it's so hard to come back to this environment. And that was that was a surprise for me. Want to talk a little bit about why that why that is? Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I didn't realize that too until I had worked with them for quite a while. Um, they want to redeploy. They love the structure of the military. They love the fact that somebody has their back at all times. You know, they are a team, and it's an amazing thing. Well, they come back home, and they have to deal with the fact that, you know, my wife disciplines my children like this, and I I didn't get a say in it, and now I don't get a say in it. And, you know, they are trained to be hypervigilant. That's their training, of course. So you go into a grocery store, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like, being in law enforcement or something too, you're always looking at your exits to make sure everything is okay because that's what you've been dealing with. And so they get really discouraged that they're coming back home and they're just trying to be a civilian. And it's, it's a problem to go into the grocery store, you know? So, so a lot of times they'll have their headphones on or whatever to distract them. And so, dealing with all those relationship issues and anxiety issues and so on um, at home, it, it seems easier to go back to what they knew and what they were really good at. Um, so, yes, it, it took me a while to really understand that. And, and I get it. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, in addition, in addition to the servicemen and women that are returning home and trying to readjust, 
uh, it's a big issue for the families as well, isn't it? Because if you've if you've got a wife or a husband and, and a couple of children, and you've been gone for an 18-month deployment, it, it, it puts a strain on the entire family, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned, um, whoever is home with the kids or maybe a child is born or very young when they left, then they come home and, the, and they're supposed to reintegrate into the family and, you know, be the head of the household. And it's it's very difficult. There's a lot of, you know, role reversals and so on. So, yeah, the relationship um, piece is very um, prominent in this work. And so, do you work, you know, the, do you work with the families? Do you work with the families as well as the servicemen or women? Yes. And in fact, what we try to do is usually um, the last couple of sessions, we'll bring the family in. We'll bring okay. in the wife or the children um, so they can kind of see what the process is and um, kind of a- address anything because they notice a difference too. Yeah. And in, yeah. And in fact, uh, you were talking about Manny, Bobby, and um, we did an episode of um, Animal Planet Canada and where they showed this and Manny was our service person. And yeah, he, he's, he went through a lot. And we actually had him get on the horse at the end because he swore in the first session, I will never get on the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he he got on the horse and um, they they showed it on Animal Planet. And um, he's he's a volunteer for us now. So it definitely works. Um, we're getting ready to move September 1st to a bigger location so that we can have our own place and uh, serve more veterans because we're starting to get a wait list and we can't serve them where we're at. So we are getting ready to move. And in fact, I moved two of my horses there. They're just waiting to be put into the program. Wow. Mini wow. Mini Cooper, <laughs> Mini Cooper and Quigley. Wow. Are going to be in how the many program. How many folks do you have in a program at one time? Um, you know, currently we have uh, three clients we're seeing, and we're noticing that we're getting more and more female combat vets. Uh huh. So that's um, what it's been in the last couple of months. But usually it's about three or four um, at a time. But we're hoping to expand that's, and, and do more and, and have more people involved. Well, that is great. That is great. So with, with, with these folks, you're seeing quite a difference from the first session yes. to the 10th session. Yes, and what we do is we do a scaling at the beginning session um, I think, as I mentioned, we do a scaling of their anxiety levels, their nightmares, their sleep, their interactions with their family. And then in the last session, we also do it. And we that way we have data. Right. Because, you know, 
lot of these therapies are not really tested. And so that way when we're trying to apply for a grant, we have something we can say, this is the, the percentage of the improvement, and it's significant. Um, and I, I recently took a training in Colorado with the Man of War Project. And basically, it's, it was uh, Columbia University uh, teamed up, and um, they did a research project um, using military groups. And it's an eight-week session, and we kind of were the guinea pigs for them, which mm-hmm. is great. But um, I, I'm going to start um, doing groups as well, just groups of oh, military side Yeah. That is great. I recently was uh, in Kentucky at the Kentucky Horse Park for uh, Mustang Heritage Foundation's Extreme Mustang Makeover, and uh, and I did several interviews with folks. And uh, Mustang Heritage Foundation had a program where they paired up servicemen and women with with Mustangs. And uh, oh, and they yeah. brought them into right. their Georgetown location. Uh, some of the funding was lost recently, but they hope to get that back again. But uh, two of the fellows that went through the program uh, were actually there helping put on the Extreme Mustang makeover. And um, one of the, one of the gentlemen that I spoke with, I said, well, you know, they've told me I need to do an interview with you to talk about the service program that they have with Mustang Heritage Foundation. And he said, yeah, he said, I'd be glad to do that. And then a couple of hours later, uh, he was in such tears that he, he declined the interview. He said, I'm just too emotional. This has made such a difference in my life. Uh, yeah. that I, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't do an interview. It, it, it Aww. just made such a difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll, maybe we'll get to catch him in Fort Worth in January, but, um, uh, horses can make such an impact on people's lives, um, whether they're children with, with physical problems, um, or adults that are going through, PTSD. It's just amazing. Well, I want to take a break, listen to another great song from Miss Marianne Kennedy, and this is one called The Language of Love, and we certainly are looking forward to coming back and talking more with Katie Ryan in just a moment on Saddle of America. Bye. 
CD, Who Saved Who. We're chatting with a great friend of mine from my days in California. Luckily, things like Facebook and telephones keep us connected across the mile, Katie Ryan. Um, Katie, you know, we also have a mutual connection with Nancy Pitchford, and um, I would love to have had her be able to join us today, the executive director a Blue Star Ranch, and it's thanks to Nancy that I had my first introduction to the radio, um, being oh. her co-host for three or four years on your local hometown station, KHTS, um, there in Santa Clarita, and um, a day doesn't go by that I don't um, say a little prayer of, of Thanksgiving for Nancy in my life. <laughs> yeah. So um, besides your love of horses, there's something else that caught your passion a few years ago. You mm-hmm. saw a performance of Don Edwards. Tell us a little bit about that and what that led to. Sure. Um, yeah, I started going to the Cowboy Poetry Festival um, at Melody Ranch uh, in Santa Clarita. And then at the Hart Museum, I saw him, I believe, for the first time. And I was just kind of blown away by him because he was just this amazing, humble man who just him and his guitar. And he played these songs that transported me back to the old West. That's the only way I can describe it. And I had never been exposed to cowboy music before. Of course, I was familiar with country and some folk music, but this was a different thing. It's Western music. And I was just enthralled by him. So I just started following him anytime he played at the Cowboy Festival. And I, I suddenly thought, you know, he's getting a little older, as we all do. 
And um, I wondered if possibly I could do a documentary on him because it, it, it just needed to be put on film, I thought, so that this, this genre doesn't die. And so I just walked up to him and I said, hey, can I follow you around for a few years? And um, <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, why didn't I think of that? You know, um, <laughs> so that's how it all started. And um, I got to know him and his wonderful wife, Kathy, and found out who who really knows Don. And I just went all over the place. I went down to Texas. I went to Nashville, too, by the way. And, all right. Um, Elko, Nevada, and had all these great musicians and who, you know, donated their time into it. And it was just kind of a labor of love, and I'm just proud that I did it. Had you ever, had you ever filmed, had, was this like, you know, unknown territory for, for you, or had you just been doing yes. things like this, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I was an actress, um, many years ago so I was around the business but I, I had never done a documentary and so no uh, but here's what inspired me was Cindy Meal who did the um, the documentary Buck um, yeah. I, I don't know, yeah I don't know if you guys are familiar with that yeah. but yeah. Buck yeah. Branahan and that's what she did she just walked up to him and said can I follow you around and so I heard that, and I thought, well, if she can do it, maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually gave her a call, too, and she gave me great advice about things and gave me contact information. And I think she now has, like, executive produced, like, all these films since then. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just kind of did it. Um, so it's like, be careful what you wish for, because then you got to follow through <laughs> <laughs> well and and it has been received so well and for all of us that know and love Don we're so grateful that you did it and there are this his story is an important one and of course there there are many others I know you're you're working on another one but before we leave the the Don story so you got it shown at Elko right yes at the National Cowboy Festival um, mm -hmm. I mean, we premiered really in Santa Clarita at um, the Cowboy Festival there, and then then we went then we went to Louisville, Kentucky, and did the film festival there, and um, so yeah, and now we get to go to Albuquerque, and now you're coming here, and what's happening in Albuquerque? <laughs> um, well. <laughs> You tell me, Bobby. It's, it's the, there you go. It's the West. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the international. Sure, the International Western Music Association, of which Sean uh, is a member, and he has also been awarded every kind of award we could think to give him over the years. Um, Don, this documentary is going to air at our national convention, or actually international convention, um, this November in Albuquerque. That's that's where the convention is held every year. It's a wonderful um, time 
with uh, poets, songwriters, fans, performers of uh, Western music, with workshops and tons of performances and always a swing dance. And for many of us, it's a little bit like um, a family reunion where we get to actually see people real face-to-face and and not just across the computer screen. (laughs) And I know you're going to have a blast. You're going to meet so many people, and and people will so welcome this film that haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited that um, you were invited to come and bring it here. It's just terrific. Yeah, I think it's going to be Friday the 15th of November. Okay. That's when it's going to be shown. Yeah, I started to ask yeah. when that would be shown, so people can be sure to to make their plans to be there to view the documentary. The the uh, we actually had you and Don on the show, I guess, a couple of years ago to talk about yes. the documentary, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a ton of fun. That was a ton of fun. Yeah. We we may have to repost that show again so people can go back and listen to it. Yeah, it was, yeah, good idea. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, Katie, this this open. I, I just uh, hold on one second, Gary. I know you want to get to piece of music, but hold on a second. So, Katie, <laughs> this okay. this uh, you you learned a lot of uh, a course. You learned a lot of important things as you put this together, and it inspired you to not stop. And so I know you're working on a new project. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Sure. Do you want me to tell you now or after the break? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I no, don't know. This... Tell us now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, yes, after doing that documentary, um, of, of course, I became a fan of cowboy music. And I did um, the Bodie ride with Dave Stamey and, um, you know, Bodie, California, the ghost town. And Dave Stamey is the one that kind of hosts it and sings around campfire every night. So I was listening to some music by Dave Stamey. And that's how this second documentary all started. And, you know, could I have done a documentary about Dave Stamey? Well, sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but I realized that he'd written all this music about California history. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of started out with I, I listened to the song The Mission Bell. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, I was listening to the Vicaro song and where he talks about his birthright. And it was very haunting. And what occurred to me about California history and these songs, and several other people have written um, historical songs, is that it conjures up pictures of people, right, from California whose names probably will never be heard or known, you know, not like the Leland Stanford or the Mark Hopkins, you know, the legendary people who helped build California, Mulholland. But these were sort of nameless, forgotten people who kind of did the hard and dirty work um, and did the dangerous jobs like building the railroads. And um, they were the mission Indians who helped build the missions, so on and so forth. And so, I decided to do a documentary on early California history. 
which starts out with the Mission Indians and then actually concludes with the St. Francis Dam and mm-hmm. William Mulholland's story of how he built this dam and, and what happened there. And a lot of people don't know about it. So it's, it's people in history who may have a short mention, but they're not really talked about much. And it's all inspired by music. Um, Dave Stamey's music, Ray Doyle's music, Katie Moffat's music, um, New West's music. Uh, so anyway, that's how I, I do things backwards. You know how people put music at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I was inspired by music, and that's why I did it. Oh, that's great. That's I know that right now we're in post-production. That's awesome. And I know that you also, um, some of the folks that you also interview, it's so fun how you um, bring interviews in. Um, I think you talked to Lisa C., um, the writer, the very gifted um, California-based writer, Lisa C. And uh, what was she, what was her topic that you interviewed her about? Well, I, I bring into it the Chinese immigrants who helped build the railroad and worked in the mines. And Lisa C. wrote a book called On Gold Mountain. I, I believe she had um, something at the Autry a few years ago, which you told yes. me about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so <laughs> her great-grandfather and grandfather are Chinese, and they came over here. And so it's, it's really the story of her family, of the Chinese immigrants who came here and helped build the railroad and you know, what they did for a living once they got here. So she had a lot of great information about that. Yeah, I wish there was more music. I wish there was more music about the, um, we need to get some of our songwriters working on um, more music about the Chinese immigrant experience. I think that would be great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Moffat has one. And I think, um, Jeannie Fisher kind of has, yeah. So there are some, definitely. Oh, gosh. Well, Katie Ryan, you are, as Bobby said, a multi-talented young lady. And um, I want to thank you for the Coyote documentary on Don uh, Edwards. That is going to be something to be seen. And we'll look forward to this next documentary. And uh, But tell us a little bit about how people can help with Blue Star Ranches, how can if they want to donate, if people around the world would like to donate to Blue Star Ranches and the work that you're doing with our servicemen and women, how can they do that? Sure. Um, the best way to do it would just be to go on our website, which is bluestarranch.org, and there is a, a place there where you can donate. We do have a a crowd rise. Um, site going right now for our moving, but I think probably the easiest way would just to be to go on the website and um, there is a donate button on there and it's pretty straightforward. But yeah, it's www.bluestarranch.org Okay. Well, I know that folks would like to be able to help if they can't volunteer and if they're if they're listening anywhere in the country or out of the country, that uh, they'll want to be able to participate in that because it's a great, great project. And again, 22 
servicemen and women a day are committing suicide. And uh, anything that people can do to help is certainly deserving. So anyway, thanks for being with us today, Katie. Would you come back again? Absolutely. Yes. All I would right. love well, to. You, I enjoyed it. You, you've been a great guest, and we appreciate so much the work that you're doing with the servicemen and women and their families to help those people that are dealing with PTSD. Katie, thanks so much. We're going to take a quick break and listen to a great song by Many Strings and Company. It's one called I Love My Horse. And we'll be back in a moment with Bobby Jean Bell on Saddle of America. Yesterday, and uh, again, I'll apologize to everybody for that. But excellent, excellent show. A lot of fun talking with Dale Shields and sharing his great music. And it was a lot of fun to talk with Katie Ryan and find out about the work that she's doing with Blue Star Ranches, and also to find out a little bit about the documentaries that she's produced. So, a lot of fun, Bobby. Yes, she's a she's a very she's a very special gal. Yeah. I gathered that from your introduction. 
you guys. Well, it's been a fun show today. And uh, again, for folks that are listening, if you'd like to go back and listen again, you can always go back and catch the archive podcast by going to equestrianlegacy.net, where you are now. And uh, the shows will be available uh, over 500 to go back and listen to. So we've had some doggone good ones, Bobby. I kind of have fun going back and listening to some of the old shows from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to the show that we did with Katie and Don. So that was, I recall that was a fun show. Always great to talk with Don, Don Edwards. And uh, although Don is not performing as much now, maybe we could get him back on the show a little bit later this year, too. I'd love to talk with him again. A lot of fun. It'd be great to talk to Yeah, it's great to talk to him again. Yeah. Uh, you, you think he might show up at the uh, IWMA this year? I don't know. I really don't know. He's, um, uh, you know, he's he's he and his uh, wife are just uh, enjoying uh, some uh, time in sort of retirement and um, and doing great. Um, I like to follow their posts on Facebook and all, but I I don't I don't know that he's really. Uh, out there very much um, right now. Well, we'll, you know, just, we'll just have to see. Yeah. We'll just have to see. <laughs> they should send him a special invitation this year. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts you want to leave us with today? Well, um, since Dell and Katie are kind of all about horses, riding is the best solution to any problem. I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. It's amazing, amazing what you can see on the back of a horse and experience and the joys that you can have. And uh, uh, Or if you just get out and brush on a horse. I mean, all the stress of the, of the day will disappear when you do that. But I'm going to have to get you on a horse sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about uh, that. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, it's been a good show today. You know, we are celebrating the walk on the moon 50 years ago this week. And uh, we've got a great song by Katie Moffat. She was mentioned a couple of times a while ago during our interview with Katie. But this is a great song that she did called Walking on the Moon. So we're going to close the show with that one today. And again, we remind you, if you climb in the saddle, get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard around the world, streaming live, online, and on demand at equestrianlegacy.net. Thanks for listening.
what it seems Young love may be a dream And some angels fly high just to fall down But mama, I was walking on the moon Thank you.